Go with me to 1 Peter, if you would. Actually, go to Proverbs 4, then we'll go to 1 Peter. Proverbs 4, 1 Peter 1. Proverbs 4 and 20. I'm going to read the Living Bible first on this. He said, listen, son of mine, to what I say. Listen carefully. Keep these thoughts ever in mind. Let them penetrate deep within your heart, for they will mean real life for you and radiant health. The margin of a number of Bibles says, talks about that it's medicine to all your flesh. God's word is life to those that find them and health to all their flesh, the King James says, are medicine. His word didn't say it's like medicine. It is medicine. God's words will heal you of anything. It doesn't matter how progressed it is, how terminal and hopeless and incurable it is to man. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. And his words will heal you. His words will change, can change your kidneys, can clear your lungs, can restore your heart, can cleanse your blood. His words, somebody say his words. His words. They are life to those that find them. And what? Health or medicine. This says radiant health. Thank you, Lord. The New Century says they are the key to life to those that find them. They bring health to the whole body. The Amplified says. Their life to those that find them, healing and health to all their flesh. Now, healing is great. Health is even better. (laughs) Healing is you were sick, you needed healing. So healing got you restored. Health means you didn't even need to be healed. (laughs) You're in health. Praise God. Kept. Sustained. Well, God's words do both. They'll heal you if you need it. Keep you in health if you don't. Which is better than being healed. Not needing to be healed. Is better than being healed. Verse 23 says, Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. And above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. Now this, we're going to see this connected with other scriptures. But he's, the heart is where the word of God works. And develops. And out of the word working in our heart, life springs out. The life that's in our body comes from our inner man. When the inner man leaves the body, the body's dead. Just like a hand coming out of a glove. If you saw a glove moving and you didn't know any better, you might think that glove's alive. But it has no life apart from the hand inside. And spirit and body are exactly like hand and glove. In fact, the example of sword and scabbard are used in the scriptures describing inner man, outer man. And so uh, sometimes people, I've heard people say, talking about sickness, that it was needed, you know, because one guy said, well, how would you ever die if you never got sick? Easy. You leave your house. (laughs) You leave your body, it will fall on the floor. And you don't have to shoot it. (laughs) Or put some dread disease in it to make it stop. Because there's no life in this body without you. You're sitting there right now. I see your house. I don't see you. 
You're looking at me through those two windows we call eyes. You're on the inside. And if you've been born again, you're not getting older on the inside. The outward man perishes, but the inward man is renewed day by day. You haven't aged a day inwardly since you've been born again. And you never will. Never will. Is this good news or is this good news? And one of these days, the trumpet's going to sound. Hallelujah. The dead in Christ are going to rise. And we which are alive and remain are going to be changed. Somebody say changed. So your body is going to become like your spirit. And it won't age anymore either. You'll have a body that can keep up with your spirit. Throughout the ages to come. This life is the briefest thing we'll ever do. And to the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. So if you live a hundred plus years, to him, it's like you're down here a couple of hours. And he's the one that perceives time correctly. We're the ones that have time skewed. So you can make it another hour. Right? For some folks it's 15 minutes. (laughs) You can make it to do what you're supposed to do. Make a difference in the earth. Be a witness for him. Help his church. Help his gospel get out. Right? You can do this. And then we're out of here. Praise God. And it will be so wonderful. Uh, 1 Peter, did you find that? 1 Peter 1.23 says, We are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower thereof falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. This goes right along with what we read in Proverbs. God's word is life to those that find them, health and medicine to all their flesh, and guard your heart, because out of it are the issues of the life. Well, that's the word getting in your heart. Well, here, the word is called seed. And this is is a great revelation. And if you know this a little bit, don't think you know all of it. This is one of the greatest revelations concerning God and how things work. That you can get. He works by the principle of seed. Seed, sowing, planting, harvesting. Everything he does. He does by this. And his words are seeds. This is how he does things in us. He speaks to us. And, and the thing we've got to get our mind renewed to is with, with so many, people think speaking is just communication. You just tell somebody what you think or what you feel, and maybe they understand what you think and what you feel and tell you what they think and feel about what you think and feel. <laughs> communication. But with God, he never speaks only to communicate, ever. Communication is there. But when he speaks, he creates. He creates. When he speaks, things change. Hallelujah. When he tells you, be strong. That's not just a pep talk. 
The words he said to you. Be strong. Yea. Be strong. Strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. In each one of those words. Is what he said. The power. The strength. And they are just like a seed. All of that is in them. But they are inactive unless they are planted. Just like a seed. A seed can sit on the shelf for years. And there can be a giant oak tree in that acre. Right? But you won't see it. And it can sit there. Even natural seeds can last. We talked last uh, Sunday. There have been some seeds found that were thousands of years old. And they planted them. And they grew up. Hallelujah. And produced some better plants than some of the current ones. Well, all of that was there for a thousand years. And nothing was happening until it was planted. God's word has within it. No word of God, the scripture said, is void of power. God speaks no idle, empty, powerless words. When he says something to you, it's much more than communication. Hallelujah. We, we must get our mind renewed to think like he thinks and to function and operate like he thinks because his, his will for us is to imitate our Father. Be ye imitators of God as dear children, the scripture says. Well, what does that mean? That means we learn to not just talk. I, I don't like the phrase, I'm just saying. I, I really dislike that phrase. <laughs> so please don't say it around. <laughs> what you're saying is, my mouth is moving, I'm making noise, but it doesn't mean a thing. And that's not okay. Because you weren't created to be that. And to be a meaningless blabbermouth. We... The world doesn't understand this. Unbelievers don't know anything about this. We, we're not shocked that they don't. But we're supposed to know different. And if somebody comes to us hurting, in problems, in difficulty, we're not supposed to just fall apart with them and tell them how bad we feel about it. What good will that do? I know when I first started in the ministry, working at Brother Hagin's ministry there in Oklahoma, I was green as could be. I hadn't been in ministry just a couple of months. And I'm, I'm counseling with people. And they'd come in. And uh, I mean, our, our life wasn't perfect, but life at home with mom and dad, we had a pretty good life. And nobody had just acted Stupid, crazy, pretty normal, pretty good. And uh, people would come in, they start talking, telling what was going on in their life. And I'm sitting there thinking, you got to be joking. You're doing what? They did what? And so they'd break down and cry. And, and I'd reach and get a tissue for them. And they'd reach and get one for me. Because I'm like, this is awful. I didn't know people were this messed up. Because we had a pretty good childhood, pretty good growing up. And, uh, but I realized this is helping nobody. Right? Me crying with them and feeling bad for them is helping nothing. Go to Ephesians. Fifth chapter. Thank you, Father. Ephesians, uh, I said five, but it's four. Back up a little bit. 4.29. Ephesians 4.29 says what? Let no 
corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Now that's not just what we'd call cuss words. What's corrupt? Well, we'll see that both First Corinthians and then also Galatians talks about sowing fleshy seeds or spirit seeds. Flesh seeds, King James calls them carnal. Flesh seeds are spirit seeds. And the flesh, the natural, is corruptible. We just got through reading in Peter that God's word is what kind of seed? Incorruptible seed. And so don't let any corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. What's corrupt communication? It's something that's going to pull down. Something that's going to be harmful. Corruptive. Corrosive. Damaging. Discouraging. Can you see this? Don't let, let how much of that come out of your mouth? None of it. But that which is good to the use of what? Edifying. Edifying means building up. That it may minister grace to the hearers. Well somebody is telling us. Like I was sitting there counseling these people. And that's what the Lord had to teach me. I don't need to just reach and get a tissue for myself. There are words. That God would speak to them. That will quicken them. That will help them. That will strengthen them. Hallelujah. If they will receive it. It's a seed. That will go into them and start working inside them to give them strength, to give them hope, to give them direction. God's word will do all these things and much, much more. If I just talk hopeless words, if I just vent feelings and frustration, helps nobody. In fact, it can be watering bad seed that's already in them. I'm to let none of that. And that means you'll have to bite your lip. Right? Because everybody's talking a bunch of bad junk and problems. It's like a current. You can get sucked in if you let yourself. Everybody talking about how bad it is. How terrible it is. Awful. How hopeless. So bad. So bad. So bad. What good is that going to do? Everybody already knows it's bad. Everybody involved already knows it's a problem. That's not going to help. Don't let any corrupt communication even come out of your mouth. That means there'll be time after time you'll start to say something, you'll start to join in, and you'll need to, mm, mm mm-mm. I just need to be quiet here a minute. What can I say that will help this? If you just stop just a moment, what can I say? That'll make a difference. It's not something you can just come up with on your own. You begin to look inside. Where the greater one lives. Is that right? And say Lord. What do you say about this? What have you already said about this? And what are you saying to me? What are you saying to us? About this. And if you'll just check. If you'll just look. In all your ways. Acknowledge him. And what? He shall direct your paths. Praise God. He'll show you. He'll tell you what to say. I'm not talking about hearing a voice. It'll just come up to you. It'll come up out of your spirit to your mind. And you won't have to ask somebody was that from him? Because when it's from him it's good. It's light. It's life. You're thinking that's it. That's it. That's the answer. That's the answer. And when you speak Those kind of words. And you talk about those kind of things. In faith. And in love. It ministers life. And it builds up. The hearers. That receive it. Do you believe it friends? In every situation in life. There's a right word. It's the proverb. writer of the proverb said. It's like apples of gold. In pitchers of silver. It's the right word.
for the right time. It's the right thought for that situation. You can only get it from him. But he gives his wisdom freely to anybody that asks. He won't upbraid you for being dumb. (laughs) Can you say amen? amen? Go with me to 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, please. 1 Corinthians 3. The same way we get born again is the way all of God's things work in our life. We were born again by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. Said out loud, God's Word word is seed. seed. Now here, this passage tells us what we are relative to that seed. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter and the first verse. 1 Corinthians 3.1 He said, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Now, like I said, other translations, instead of saying carnal, they say fleshly. Fleshly. Spirit and flesh is what he's talking about. As unto babes in Christ. Keep going. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, For hitherto you're not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. Let's just stop here. You have to grow in order for the Lord to even talk to you about some things. Because you just, uh, you wouldn't understand them. When he says, my little children, it's not a figure of speech. Compared to him, the oldest and wisest among us is like a little, little child. Understanding. There's been times in my life I'd see something in the Word that I didn't understand. And here, let me encourage you to do this. I just stop and say, Lord, I don't understand this. I'm asking you, give me understanding of this. Show me what this means. Show me how this applies. And uh, I remember one thing I asked him about that. And 10 years later, He brought it up to me, and it was like I had asked him that morning. Because I guess to him, what would 10 years be? You know? And it was like he answered me like I had asked him that morning that he's going to begin to show me that. And he's beginning to show me. I saw why he had to wait 10 years to tell me. I wouldn't have even known what he was talking about 10 years before. How many know a three-year-old can ask you questions? You can't really answer them. You could tell them, but they wouldn't know what you're talking about. They wouldn't understand. And that's what he's saying here. He said, Paul said, I I would have ministered, you know, other things to you. You weren't able to. And, And he said, now you're not able either. You're still not able. We can't even talk about these things. For you are yet carnal. You're still fleshly. For where is there is among you envying and strife and divisions? Are you not carnal and walk as men? These are the telltale signs of being babies and being carnal instead of being spiritual. Envy, strife, and division. When you can't get along with folks, you're not spiritual. Envy, when other people get blessed and you ain't happy, they get what you wanted, you go cry, you're a carnal baby and really need to grow up. Divisions, when you break off into camps and cliques in groups, shows you're unspiritual. And a baby. Not my thought. Right here. He said you are still carnal. How do I know? For. (laughs) Verse 3. Verse 3. For. There is envying among you. And strife. And division. We've been commanded to walk in love. Haven't we? Spiritual people do. We've been commanded. 
to love. Well, love, if I want something and you get it before me, love's going to be happy for you. If I care about you, right? That's going to do away with envy. Love values what love values. I'm talking about capital L. If you love God, you love what he loves. And he loves his people. All his people. Not just your little group. Right? If you don't love his other kids, you're still carnal and and short-sighted. Does anybody want to grow up? Yeah. Verse 4. While one says, I'm of Paul, another says, I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? (laughs) I'm Baptist. (laughs) I'm word of faith. I'm this, I'm that. Well, maybe that's how you grew up, but don't define. You know, the Lord says something to me about racism, and it applies to this. It's an answer. I I know it's an answer, but I don't know how widely accepted it'll be. I stopped using the terms black and white. Black and white is doesn't refer to color. I'm not white. I'm reddish beige. <laughs> if you're dark skinned, you're not black. You're Mocha. (laughs) Right? Black and white are not colors. They're categories. And they don't come from God. They're man-made categories. How light can your skin be till you're no longer black? How dark can your skin be till you're no longer white? See, this ain't right. Skin tone, complexion doesn't make you any different. Come on, y'all with me? Than anybody else. So I, I, I've, I've stopped using the terms black and white. We got dark complected people, light complected people, and that doesn't mean it's like it's like having light hair, dark hair. No difference. Well, you got to watch about categorizing Christians, right? Just because you grew up in one camp, there's a great big body of Christ. And if you're born again, you're born again. If we're all born again, we got the same father. And we got the same big brother, Jesus. And when you get to heaven, they're not going to ask you for your credentials to show you which part of heaven. Your group goes to. (laughs) Phyllis and I experienced some, uh, what would you call it? Prejudice? A while back in an area. I I guess I should have expected it. I preached on it recently. (laughs) But we had some folks that wouldn't sell us some clothes. Because I preach prosperity. They said, no, we can't sell them to you. So I guess prejudice exists in all kind of places. But Phyllis said something really good. Of course, you know, he he told that to my wife. He said she was trying to buy something from me. And he said, no, can't sell that to you. Why? Because your husband preaches prosperity, abundance. And but I thought she's she had the best response. She said, there's a reason why he came across us. We're going to pray for him. Is that right? God's going to get a hold of him. How many think it's a better testimony if he gets enlightened? Absolutely. But, you you know, you can get huffy about any kind of little thing. What What do you mean you can't sell it to me? My kind. What What do you mean? But see, that's strife. And that's being a baby. That's being a baby. Because when you grow up, you don't just see things through how it affects your pride. You see through the eyes of love. 
And with a whole lot of folks, you just need to say, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. They don't know what they're saying, what they're talking about. Be like the master. Somebody say, I'm growing up. I'm growing up. I'm developing. Hallelujah. What does that mean when you grow up? No strife. No envying. No division. It's just love. Faith. Hallelujah. Wisdom. Glory to God. And it's freedom. Ain't no fun being mad all the time. Ain't no fun going around with a chip on your shoulder. Because you start looking for it, you're going to start seeing it even when it's not there. You, you go, what are you looking at? <laughs> and it could have been that flower behind you. Right? Could have had nothing to do with you, but you will get to seeing stuff that's not even there. And whatever you judge somebody else that they're doing, you will wind up doing. That's the scripture says that. Judge and you'll be judged. It's just a lot more fun. Walk in love. Mercy. Sow mercy. Reap mercy. Sow grace. Reap grace. Sow kindness and reap kindness. Let's keep going. One says, I'm of Paul. Another says, I'm of Apollos. He said, you're carnal. Carnal. Who's Paul? Talking about himself. Who's Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. Keep going. I have planted. Planted what? The incorruptible seed of the word of God. I planted. Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. <laughs> Hallelujah. Said out loud, planted, watered, increase. Verse 7. So then neither is he that plants anything, neither he that waters. No, he, said, he said, don't make a big deal out of me and Apollos. And you don't have to pick. You know, another place he said, all Talking about the same thing. He said, whether it's me or Apollos or Peter or whoever, all are yours. You don't have to pick between one and the other. You can just say, they're all mine. You don't have to have a favorite preacher. They're all yours. You don't have to have a favorite group of the things of God or ministry. They're all yours. Neither is he that plants anything, he that waters, but God gives the increase. Verse 8. Now he that plants and he that waters are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor, verse 9, for we are laborers together with God, you are God's husbandry, and you are God's building. Let me read this to you from other translations. In in the uh, Moffat's translation, verse 6, I did the planting... Apollos did the watering, but it was God who made the seed grow. In verse 8, he said, the planter and waterer are on the same level. That's interesting, isn't it? The planter and the waterer are on the same level. And each will get his own wage for the special work he's done. We work together in God's service. You are God's field to be planted. Sit out loud, I am, I am God's, field God's field to be planted. To be planted. What does he plant in you? Seed. His words are his seeds. The Amplified says, verse 8, Amplified, He who plants and he who waters are equal. And one thing I saw last night about this is a the watering is just as important as the planting. <laughs> the wa- if it never gets planted, there's not going to be any harvest. It can get planted, but if it never gets watered, same thing. No results. So 
The watering is just as important as the planting. We can't just hear something one time and nod our head and have a, a great harvest, supernatural harvest of that word in our life. You've got to keep hearing it and getting it watered. And you've got to think about it and talk about it. Keep it in front of you. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Right? Incline your ear to it. Why? So it can get watered. Now the first time you ever heard it, it was planted. The next time you heard about it, it was being watered. And it needs to continue to be watered until it produces everything that word's supposed to produce. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Say it out loud. I am am. God's garden. garden. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His seed grows good in me. But see, you can receive or reject his seed. Many reject it. Hold your place. Go with me over to the book of Acts. Well, I'm either planning or watering. Dryness is not of God. A lot of times people feel so dry. Because they are. (laughs) And that means nothing's working. Because it's got to be watered for the, the seed to be activated and go into its developing and growing modes. And not just any preaching and teaching will water. And if you're needing a harvest in an area, you need the seed in that area. And you need to be watered in that area. Faith for finances is not the same as faith for healing. Neither of those is the same as faith for protection. Or faith for being led in wisdom. They work the same way. But you can be well watered in one area. And parched and dry in another. That's why pastors are not supposed to speak on exactly the same subject. All the time. We have different areas. Different things. Now if you're a traveling minister or specialize in one area. Then you can. You're at different places at different times. But just like in the natural. You need a variety of things in your diet. And so. Being watered, you can tell it inside. Just like if your skin gets too dry. You can tell it. And if you've got some really good high quality lotion, you can tell that too. Your skin goes, ah, that helps there, man. That's good. But your spirit's that way. Sadly, a lot of people's spirits are withered. To just frailty. And they have no strength. What you want to be. Is God's well watered garden. By the rivers of water. Hallelujah. Where your roots are not just getting some moisture. But when the tree is planted by the rivers of water. Your root actually can get on into the stream. So you just got an unlimited supply. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so you're moist and your leaves are green and your branches are full and green and strong. And when a plant's that way, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and reaching out higher and farther and thicker. And the fruit, oh, the fruit is big and luscious. And when it comes to its full cycle, what does it produce? A bunch more seed. Hallelujah. When the word is working so fully in you. And you're getting results. You begin to be the plant. That is spewing out seeds. Into other people. They're hearing about and seeing. What God has done in you. 
And then you're speaking the seeds of that. And it winds up getting planted in their heart. And the same thing God did for you. Winds up happening again. One kernel of wheat. Has the potential. Of eventually covering a continent. And feeding nations. Does it? Given enough time. And the right circumstances. Well, that's corruptible seed we're talking about there. (laughs) Incorruptible seed. One seed. Well received. Well watered. Kept and allowed to develop over a period of months and years until it reaches its full maturity. Has the potential for affecting whole families. Whole neighborhoods, whole counties, whole states, whole nations. It's coming that the glory of the Lord is going to cover the whole earth like the waters cover the sea. The devil thinks he can hold it back, but he can't. He can't. Have you read the back of the book? He's a loser. Capital F. He's the biggest loser there has ever been. Oh, he, he thinks he can hold it back. And he's got a lot of people agreeing with him. Said, oh, the world's terrible. Everything's going, everything's going down and going bad. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. These other verses have to come to pass. Say it out loud. The glory of the Lord, the of the Lord will, will cover the whole earth, the whole earth. Like, the waters, like the waters cover the sea. And he does everything through his word. That word that he spoke all those years ago is a seed. Thank you, Father. Acts 17, are you there? I think we'll see this and then we can close. Maybe. Acts 17, verse 1. It says, When they passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three days, three Sabbath days, reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach to you is Christ. What's he doing? What's Paul doing? He's planting. A lot of these places, they hadn't heard any of this before. So he's planting. And if they had heard it, what else is happening? Watering. Watering. Planting, mostly planting, and some watering maybe. And verse 4, look at the response. Some of them believed. And consorted with Paul and Silas and of the devout Greeks, a great multitude. And of the chief women, not a few. Good results. There's a bunch of people. Received the incorruptible seed. But the Jews, which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. Uh, one translation said loungers. <laughs> Folks that just laid around and did nothing. How many know that's how you get in trouble? Laying around, doing nothing, looking for trouble. And they gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren into the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. So they are causing strife. There's division and envy. Are they carnal? They are completely carnal. And why? They didn't receive what Paul preached. So the harvest in their life is coming out. They have received the bitterness, the fear, the strife, and it's a seed. The devil wants to make you his garden. And the ground of our heart will produce whatever seed is sown into it, received and nurtured and watered. And so this is what was in them. 
And whatever's in you, if you keep watering it, it will grow until it'll start coming out of you. Just like a plant will only grow so much, then what's going to happen? It starts sticking out above the ground. And if it keeps growing, it gets bigger and bigger and influences more area. So they did not receive the word. They, they rejected the word. And that's one of the toughest things as a minister. When you see people reject the incorruptible seed of the word and you know what it could do for them. You know it could get in them and change them from the inside out. But I, I've had people, Phyllis and I, too many times, look at us and go, I, I know, I know, I know, but I'm not going to. I know, but I I just think, well, we just told you the word. Yeah, but yeah, but I think. Yeah, but I believe. Yeah, but that's, that's what the word says. Yeah, I, I know all that, but what well, what's happening? They are saying no. Don't put the word in me. I'm not letting that seed get in me. And I'm so thankful we let the seed of the healing word get in us. Other people mock it and scoff it. Well, it's not God's will. It is God's will for everybody. So glad we let the seed of abundance get in us. Oh, people want to mock and make fun. Then they'll turn right around and ask you for money. They don't want the word, but they want the money. (laughs) People mock. Speaking in tongues and, and gifts of the Spirit. I'm so glad. We let that seed get in us. And we said, yeah, we t- take it, water it. And we listen to it. Year after year, it's grown in us. And it just keeps growing in you. And it gets strong enough inside you. It starts producing the results on the outside of you. Can you say amen? And so it's grievous when you see people that need it so desperately Go, no, no, no. I made up my mind. I, I think this. I believe this. I'm doing this. And, and what they don't realize is they may think they're looking at you, disagreeing with you, but we didn't write this. And they're disagreeing with God. They're rejecting his seed. They're saying, no, don't put that in me. I'm not accepting that. And if you don't accept that, the enemy's got a bunch of seed. He's ready to sow. And when you see people mad, hurt, bitter, resentful, they let bad seeds get in them. And they've watered them, talked about them, thought about them. Phyllis and I, we we endeavor to water the good seed on a regular basis. I'll ask her almost every day, what are we excited about? And we start talking about some area of God's work or his will. And as you're talking about it, you're hearing it. And you're looking at it. And what you're doing, it's like getting your water pot out and going over to your plant. And going, okay, come on, baby, you can do it. Grow. Grow. You talk about it. You look at it. You listen to what the word says about it. You fellowship around it. And you keep that seed moist and watered. And it keeps growing in you. And the bigger it grows, more excited you get about it. Because you can, you can just feel it pushing. You can just feel it. And the next thing you know, bloop. It popped out in a healing. It popped out in money coming in. Come on, can you see this? It popped out in wisdom and direction. Knowing how to be led. Oh, praise God. Oh, if folks only knew, if folks only knew, we wouldn't be able to get them in the house today. They'd be up all the way up at the strip hollering, put that seed in me, put the, get that seed in me. <laughs> These guys, they wouldn't receive it. A bunch of them. But then look what happened. It said in verse, uh, verse 10, It talks about all the trouble they had. Man, they caused an uproar, strife, division. Verse 10, the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas by night to Berea, who coming there went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. How you treat God's word 
tells what caliber of person you are. It says some of those folks were lewd men of the baser sort. Loungers. How do we know that? Because of how they treated the word of God. How they treated the word showed who and what they are. What makes somebody noble? Of noble character. Of the higher quality. What makes somebody like that? How can you tell? These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. How? In that they did what? They did what? Come on, help me, saints. They received the word with all readiness of mind. And they didn't just do it blindly. They searched the scriptures daily to see whether those things were so. They didn't just shut it off and say, yeah, but this is how we've always thought, mama and them and our denomination and our group and I, I can't. No, when they heard it, it sounded almost too good to be true, but then they thought, is that really in the Bible? And they opened up the scriptures and they got to looking and they thought, there it is, there it is, there it is. And they received the incorruptible seed of the word of God. And 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says it works effectively, effectually in you that believe. Oh, somebody say, I receive the word. I receive the incorruptible seed. And the word is working mightily in me. Anybody know that song? Let's sing it then. Stand up, everybody. The word is working mightily in me. No matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the word is working mightily in me. Let's sing that. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.